This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Coming up on DTNS, Amazon launches a Kindle for kids. Will you want to rent your music speakers? And Ariel Waldman tells us about pagers and parties while studying extremophiles in Antarctica. This is the Daily Tech News for Monday, October 7th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And uh, I'm Roger Chang, the show's producer. Very excited to have Ariel Waldman, a NASA advisor and author of What It's Like in Space, stories from astronauts who've been there on the show today. Welcome. How's it going? Yeah, good. How are you? Good. Uh, so what you got back from Antarctica a year ago, almost almost a year ago now, right? Yes. And and now the show has been put out on YouTube over the summer and is being put out as a podcast, right? Um, so I don't think I have a podcast version of okay. my Antarctic expedition, but I do have it all on my YouTube channel. Excellent. Uh, well, we'll give you more information on where you can find that. We're going to talk to Ariel about uh, some of the technology they use down there and her experience there. Um, we also talked about what they eat there on Good Day Internet. If you want that wider conversation, you got to get Good Day Internet by becoming a member at patreon.com slash DTNS. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Apple has reversed its decision to reject the HK Map app from the App Store. The app takes reports from Telegram and shows where law enforcement is located in Hong Kong, as well as reports of tear gas use. Apple rejected the app Wednesday, October 2nd, because it allowed users to evade law enforcement. The app was resubmitted later that day, and Friday was accepted. Hulu launched the ability to download shows for offline viewing. Users can download up to 25 titles across five Five devices, keep them there for 30 days. Although once you start watching a title, it expires two days after you start playing it back. If you're on the commercial free plan, you can download the majority of Hulu's catalog using Hulu's iOS app. Hulu says it will bring that function to Android soon, but caveat, if you have the cheaper plan, the one with commercials, you don't get the offline viewing plan. You got to pay for the top one. 
Right around the time we were doing DTNS last Friday, PayPal announced it is withdrawing from the Libra Association. The company said it supported Libra's aspirations and continues to partner with Facebook on the future, but will focus on its mission to, quote, democratize access to financial services for undeserved populations. PayPal was one of the originally announced 28 members of the Libra Association. That's, uh, you know, that's the pressure, the the public pressure is uh, getting to them. AMD announced the Radeon RX 5500 and RX 5500M cards based on 7 nanometer RDNA architecture meant for 1080p gaming. Both cards offer 1408 stream processors, 22 compute units, with the RX 5500 available with up to 8 gigabytes of GDDR6 RAM and capable of 5.2 teraflops. The laptop-focused RX 5500M comes with 4 gigabytes of GDDR6 RAM and hit up to 4.6 teraflops. Both cards will connect over PCIe 4.0 and offer Radeon image sharpening and Radeon anti-lag features, same ones found in the RX 5700 line. No pricing or specific availability yet the first laptop with the rx 5500m will be the msi alpha 15 offering a ryzen 7 3750h cpu and a 1080p 144 hertz FreeSync display expect that laptop to show up at the end of october Waymo will begin operating three autonomous cars in downtown Los Angeles and the Miracle Mile area of Los Angeles. The cars will be manually driven while creating maps for the area, after which they will operate in autonomous mode with safety drivers, of course. Waymo has no plans to offer passenger service in L.A. at this time. Mm, But a Mm -hmm. a significant new region for the testing. Certainly not a first, but but something to pay attention to. Amazon launched a kids edition of the Kindle e-reader that includes a case, a two-year free replacement guarantee, in case you're worried your kids are going to break it, and a year of Amazon's free time service for kids. Uh, that's something that costs you around $5 a month, depending on whether you have Prime or not. Uh, but you get it for free if you get the Amazon Kids Edition Kindle. Uh, The Kindle Kids Edition is available for pre-order for $110 shipping October 30th. Amazon also launched free time for Fire TV, starting with the Fire TV Stick and then coming to Fire TV devices and eventually Fire TV Edition TVs. Free time, if you're like, wait a minute, I get this with the Kindle, I get it with my Fire TV now, what is it again? Free time lets parents set content restrictions as well as age and time limits. If you pay for free time unlimited, you get ad-free access to a bunch of kids' movies and TV shows as well. New free time features include reading badges that kids can earn for how often they read uh, or the types of books they read and more some gamification kind of stuff and a new feature also puts a quick definition of challenging words available between the lines of the book you can turn that on or off Uh, there's a few other dictionary related features in there for helping kids understand words but uh, first time that amazon has targeted an e-reader particularly at kids I love this idea. Uh, you know, as a kid, I read uh, prolifically. Um, I I often, you know, there was a challenging word where it was like, mom, what does this word mean? She'd say, use it in a sentence, you know, and we'd figure it out amongst ourselves. Um, and it would have been nice to have a little bit of like a, some sort of a, something that echoes my smartwatch where it says like, you've read a really good amount. Keep going, you know, mm-hmm. get smarter, yeah. that kind of thing. Like, I think that that is really motivating certainly for certain kids. And I'd be interested to see if this could be integrated into schools a little bit more so that, mm-hmm. um, you know, teachers could help, uh, you know, um, what champion kids along. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, Roger, I'm curious if that free time service, uh, you know, I don't know that you have a bunch of these Amazon devices, so so maybe that's a non-starter right there. But is it attractive to you and your two daughters? Um, potentially, but I don't, like you said, I don't actually have a lot of um, AMD or not AMD, Amazon devices. Uh, I can see it being more useful as my daughter gets older, but she's still at the, the stage where she wants to watch very erratic stuff so it's she doesn't have the um attention span mm-hmm. i guess mm-hmm. to sit through anything more educational than 5 minutes what about other educational uh, situations? I, I mean, I'm like like you said, uh, Sarah. There's there's all kinds of ways that I, I could see teachers taking advantage of this. Maybe you know having some reading time for folks seems yeah. like a, a a really it's it's got some possibilities. However, I don't know if there's an educational version of free time or if it's real. It seems to be really targeted at parents right now. Yeah, in fact, I don't think that there is one. I think that it would be a great idea for Amazon mm-hmm. to figure out how this could be integrated into schools because, you know, oftentimes the teachers are the ones that are encouraging kids to read and and do more educational things on on tablets anyway. Amazon also updated the Fire HD 10 tablet. The device now comes with a 10.1-inch 1080p touchscreen, an updated 8-core processor, 2 gigs of RAM, 32 or 64 gigabytes of internal storage with microSD card expansion, and a USB-C port. Battery life is rated at 12 hours, up to 2 hours from the outgoing HD 10, and charges for it to full in 4 hours. So that's a nice short time. The HD 10 runs Fire OS on Android P and includes a picture-in-picture feature for some video apps, including Netflix and Amazon Prime Video. (laughs) Not surprisingly. There's also a Kids Edition HD 10, similar to the Kindle, with a two-year replacement battery, a silicon tablet case, and a free year of free time unlimited. Both devices are available for pre-order today, shipping October 30th. The HD 10 starts at $149, and the HD 10 Kids Edition starts at $199. Two-year replacement warranty. Uh, not not battery although if your battery breaks you get it replaced two years so it works either way uh and that that's that's really important when selling these kids editions the the fire uh tablet was the first one to kind of pioneer this idea of having a kid-friendly version of the device Uh, so i'm not not surprised to see them kind of updating that along uh with bringing it out to the kindle uh the new fire hd 10 tablet um certainly seems like it's it's well specced but people seem most excited about the fact that it has a USB-C port on it. Like people have gone from complaining about things with USB-C ports to like cheering when a USB-C port arrives. <laughs> like, I have so many of them anyway. Like now, yeah. thank you. Just get on board. California Governor Gavin Newsom signed two bills into law last week regulating the distribution of deep fake videos. Uh, Bill AB 730, now our law AB 730, makes it illegal to distribute manipulated videos aimed at deceiving voters or discrediting candidates within 60 days of an election. I guess if it's 61 days before an election, you can distribute all you want. AB 602 gives people in California the right to do to sue someone for creating pornographic deepfakes using their likeness without consent. And uh, a study released Monday from Dutch security company DeepTrace found that 96% 
of the more than 14,000 deepfake videos identified online were pornographic in nature. Now, not necessarily revenge porn or something like that, but uh, that seems to be what it's used most for. So AB602, making it easier to sue someone uh, for creating deepfakes using their likeness, uh, seems like it is called for, since that's the majority use of this. AB730, which is the one about not distributing manipulated videos aimed at deceiving voters. I mean, why limit it to 60 days is my is my question. Yeah, you mentioned if it's 61 days, are we in the are clear okay? here? Yeah. yeah, it seems like if it's a rule that is designed to confuse and, you know, and perhaps um, unfairly uh, manipulate something like an election, it should just be a rule 100 percent of the time. I, I suppose I suppose there's reasons to say well we're 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 limiting speech too much if we do that so just around elections we want to dampen down but if you're limiting speech you're limiting speech whether it's around an election yeah. or not uh, Ariel I'm I'm curious if you have a take on on that particular part of this uh, that that idea of of saying you can't distribute something meant to deceive voters and and who gets to decide that too. Yeah, well, and also, how is it enforceable? So mm. if something's created at 60, you know, at 70 days, but then it doesn't really pick up until within the 60 day frame, and it's someone else who disseminates it from someone who's like, I don't know, it's just, it seems very strange. I'd, I'd be very curious where that came from. And a little bit dismayed if it just came from, well, the 60 days leading up to the election is when you can really distort voters we've found or something. I don't know. It's, um, I don't know. It's almost like they created it to be shot down. It, it seems very, I don't know, strange. I wonder if someone is going to challenge that in court, especially that what you mentioned is a really interesting scenario of like, I have a bunch of things up uh, that are that could be considered deceptive. And then at 60 days, do I have to take them all down for 60 days until the election's over and then I can put them back up? Uh, yeah. I, or if somebody, you know, retweets them or, or something similar, be distributed. Does it right? come back to Who's me the distributor, somehow? Right? Yeah. Is it Twitter? Is it you? Yeah. No, it's uh, it's interesting. We'll see how this ends up being enforced and, and if it gets taken into court. Yeah, I also wonder if it's really about individuals or about the social networks themselves. So uh, who are they trying to hold to account? Is it, you know, is it the conspiracy theorists or is it, you know, Jack Dorsey? I don't know. Well, it's the distributor. So my guess is it's going to it's targeted at the platforms uh, because yeah. they are the distributor of things. They're also uh, the companies that will pay out more money when sued. Oh, True. my, yes. Uh, this is perhaps on a lighter note. Sonos launched a test of a subscription service for its hardware called Sonos Flex. 500 homes in the Netherlands can now choose from three different plans. 15 euros per month gets you two Sonos One smart speakers, which is equivalent to buying after just more than 2.5 years. Or uh, 25 euros per month gets you a Sonos Beam soundbar and two Sonos One speakers, about three years if you were to buy them outright. And for 50 euros per month, you get a play bar, you get a subwoofer, and you get two Sonos One speakers, which is equivalent to about three years, five months-ish. However, the speakers will be automatically replaced with new models as they're released, which is a perk, at least of the subscription model. You also get free delivery, and you can cancel any time. And if you're in Amsterdam, apparently they'll do free installation, but that's only because you're near Sonos headquarters. So I'm not sure if that one would, right. would carry out to, to other areas. Uh, I'm 
I'm curious. I feel like this is a really good test case to see how far the subscription culture goes. Uh, most yeah. of us subscribe to music or TV services of one kind or another. Many of us subscribe to things that are that are a little more tangible. Maybe we subscribe to a, a coffee shipment club or something like that. There are even services out there to subscribe to your furniture uh, where you can just have the furniture in your home on subscription. So if you if you move, you don't you don't have to keep it. Yeah, and you can keep swapping it out. That's one of the other big benefits of this. Sure. A lot of people do that with phones too, where they, they paid up for a plan that gives them the newest phone every year. Speakers, on the other hand, not something... I mean, I've had my Soto speakers for an embarrassingly long time, probably like seven years. Uh, so not something that I swap out, but maybe that's more important to somebody else. Well, and Sonos is, and I have some of those old uh, Sonos speakers as well, Tom, but I also have a couple of Sonos ones. I've been looking at the beam, but I've been holding off because it's actually quite expensive. Sonos is a premium audio brand. You know, if, you, if you're into it and you can afford it, it works great. But it is priced out of a lot of people's um, hands. And so the idea that you can get into something at a lower price, which, you know, as any lease option works, as anybody knows who has a car, um, that you, you will end up paying more over time. But this is a subscription model that people are getting more and more familiar with. On the hardware side, it's a little interesting to me that Sonos is doing this. But again, it's like, I don't know, look at Creative Cloud, look at, you know, so many subscription services, people kind of go like, yeah, well, but then you, you know, you get you get free updates, everything's kind of all part of the deal, you just pay once a month, and you get all that stuff. What I think is somewhat strange about this is, it's almost as if Sonos is selling this as if to say, but you get all the new stuff automatically. They're not releasing a new speaker like every few months. It's more like once every year or two. So that has to be something that you have to take into consideration. You know, yeah. if you think you're getting the latest and greatest, it's not like some sort of like a iOS update. No, but I mean, iOS only updates once a year. So if Sonos were updating once a year, maybe that would make sense. I think they're updating much less frequently than that. And, and almost to the point of like, it's just barely the same as the amount of time that you said it, you know, this would be even if you had bought it yourself, like every couple years. So yeah, yeah. it's, I don't know. Um, Ariel, would you, uh, would you subscribe to speakers? I mean, I personally wouldn't, but I, you know, it, I, to me, this all brings up like if people are going to have ways to manage like what you subscribe to, because there are so many subscription services, but also I'm someone who has my own subscription service. I have Patreon, you have Patreon, mm -hmm. like, you know, and people subscribe to that. And that's meant for, you know, people who are fans of your work and just want to support it. And equally, I, I guess this sounds a little bit like the, the Apple program of if you want the latest, greatest, and you're a fan, you know, then this is a way to go for it. And maybe, maybe they just launch this as sort of low hanging fruit. And maybe they're not expecting it to be something, you know, like Netflix that takes over, uh, I, I don't think it's for me, but I, what I've heard of people who do have these speakers, a lot of them are like super fans of Sonos. So, you know, maybe it's just meant for their super fans. I'm not really sure. 
Well, it's, it is a test. So maybe Sonos isn't really sure either. We'll, we'll see how it goes uh, in the Netherlands. Uh, speaking of Apple, Apple released macOS Catalina to the public, downloadable from the Mac App Store for free. Uh, the iTunes app, gone if you get Catalina, uh, replaced by standalone music podcasts and TV apps that are mimics of the ones you find on iOS and tvOS. Uh, iOS device management now goes through the Finder instead of iTunes. So if you want to sync your phone still or an iPod Touch, uh, that's where you'll find it. Apple ID management uh, is part of the new profile setting and system preferences. And uh, a lot of folks are really excited about Sidecar. That lets you turn an iPad into a secondary display for your Mac uh, with Apple Pencil to turn the iPad into a drawing tablet uh, when using apps like Photoshop and Illustrator on the Mac. Duet might be better for those sort of situations, but it's now built in. They've sure locked that that feature uh, to some extent. So we both uh, upgraded our Macs uh, (laughs) to to Catalina. I upgraded my laptop because I'm a coward, not my production machine that I'm streaming on right now. But Sarah, you right. you were braver than me. You you went right. You're using Catalina to stream right now. Yeah, I live uh, life on the edge, and I did. I I upgraded at about 10 a.m. Knowing this might take a while. 10 a.m. Pacific. Knowing that this might take a while, and it's still kind of barely finished by the time showtime started. However, uh, it was fairly seamless. Uh, didn't have any hiccups. And boy, it, and again, these are these are you know knee jerk reactions because I've had a very short amount of time to live with this. But as somebody who hated the iTunes app more than life itself, particularly on o- uh, OS ten, the fact that music and podcasts and the new TV app are all separated makes my life so much better. Music in particular, um, because. I've subscribed to Apple Music for a couple of years now. I love it. Use it all the time. Um, the experience within iTunes on OS X was you could get there, but it was just convoluted and made no sense. Now it mirrors exactly what it looks like on iOS. I mean, besides the fact that you have a little bit more screen real estate on OS X, depending on your display. and you know, it's, But for the most part, it, it makes more sense than it ever did. Man, I just uh, la- while you were describing that, I launched Sidecar uh, and connected to the iPad that I used to launch the sounds on DTNS. It connected like that, it was it was pretty fast, pretty impressive. So there you go. Yeah, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high volume, high speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit Anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. 
What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. All right, let's talk about Antarctica. First of all, how were you able to make this happen? I won't even ask you why, because I think Antarctica is the answer to that. Yeah. But like, how were you able to get this all together? Uh, yeah, so I, yeah, I got really obsessed with the idea of going to Antarctica, but because I don't have a, a, a formal background in science, I didn't really know what my best pathway there would be. Um, but I discovered that the National Science Foundation has a grant called the Antarctic Artists and Writers Grant. So they send every year, they send down a couple artists and writers to Antarctica to, um, you know, do interesting creative work that communicates a certain aspect of Antarctica. So I thought that was a good pathway. Um, unbeknownst to me, it ended up taking me four applications over five years to this grant to end up getting there. So it was a long haul. But um, but last year, yeah, I finally got the go ahead from from this uh, program to go down there. So I spent five weeks uh, down there in total. And you were you were studying and writing about extremophiles, particularly, I know, right? Yeah, so I, I went down to film uh, all of the microscopic extremophiles that live beneath the ice in different locations. So beneath the sea ice or beneath glaciers, um, things of that nature. And I wanted to uh, film them uh, using microscopes because a ton of biologists get sent down to Antarctica to tell us like what species are down there and, and their distribution. But they don't really take many photographs typically, or they maybe take one or two photographs and they end up in a scientific paper mm -hmm. and you never see it. So no one really knows that Antarctica is actually full of life and no one really knows what that life looks like. So that that was my whole project. Yeah, the storytelling aspect of it, um, I would think, is is was very needed. Did you feel like the, you know, the science community that you were hanging out with for five weeks uh, was 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 happy to have you there and kind of understood the, the the general idea? Yeah, that was the most surprising in a in a good way uh, to uh, aspect to me. So I do a lot of work in science, but um, it's not all the time that I go to a community and get introduced as an artist, even though that's my background. Um, so I was a little bit nervous that people were going to think that I didn't really know that much or not be that interested or be just a little bit snarky towards me. And it totally wasn't that way. Everyone there was so friendly. I think there's so much of like a camaraderie of like, you made it to Antarctica, who cares what you do or how you made it here? Like, we're all here together. Like, let's be all, like, you know, awesome friends together or something. So people were really fascinated. No one... Um, no one treated me like I didn't, you know, know my stuff about the science that I was there to do. Um, and everyone was actually really just, uh, interested because if anything, going down to Antarctica as an artist, everyone's like, wow, like that's the cool job that I want. <laughs> like, you know, right. forget doing, you know, being in the lab all day or, or, uh, being in the galley serving food all day, like getting to go to Antarctica as an artist is a pretty special thing. And it, it is a, a pretty special program. 
Well, one of the things I enjoyed about your series was it, it kind of busts some of the stereotypes people might have of like, you know, two or three lonely people bundled up in the Arctic wind. Like there's a full on Halloween party going on with people <laughs> in costume. Uh, and and you were able to use your your normal technology. I, there there is some there's some antiquated technology going on, too. Like I know you were issued a pager. What what's the balance between the 1990s era stuff that still persists because it works and, and what you were able to bring and use on your own? Yeah, I mean, so you can bring for for me, I brought down my microscopes and I brought down, you know, most of my um, series that I put on YouTube was filmed with my iPhone. Um, most of that's okay in, in the McMurdo area because you are at sea level. So it, while it's, uh, definitely very cold in the summer there, it's not, um, it's not so bad that you have to worry about a lens breaking within like the first 10 minutes. Whereas if you go to the South pole, which is a much higher altitude, you do have to worry about like, um, if you take your iPhone out of your pocket for more than, you know, a few minutes, like it might break and then you're stuck with a broken iPhone Mm -hmm. for the entire season that you're there. Um, but yeah, they do use very antiquated technologies because, um, there's very few satellites that are polar orbiting. And because of that, they have limited internet access, um, and there's no cell signal. So, uh, the majority of people, uh, do not have computers at all while they're down there. They have shared computers that they can use. Um, you're using ethernet, uh, all of the time, and uh, you have no um, internet access in the dorms. So you have to, if you're someone who has an office or a lab, you can have your internet access in there. Um, but yeah, pagers are, are a thing. And so everyone uses pagers and office phones. And so um, it was like getting transported back several decades because if you are agreeing to meet with someone at a certain time and then something comes up and you can't meet them at the time that you said that you were going to meet, you have no way of getting a hold of them. And I forgot what that was like of like, (laughs) Oh crap, I'm going to be like 30 minutes late and they're not at their home or office. I can't. Oh no. I I lost connection. Uh, Perhaps as a demonstration. Maybe. Yes. Maybe that was uh, Ms. Waldman's way of saying, here's how it is. Kind of like this, for instance. Yeah. Uh, So uh, hopefully we'll get her, her reconnected here in a second. But uh, if you want to find out all of this and see the video that Ariel shot, uh, go to youtube.com slash Ariel Waldman. That's A-R-I-E-L-W-A-L-D-M-A-N. Uh, and you can actually see her with the pager in use. Uh, all right. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's carry on uh, and, and thank the folks, Sarah. Let's thank all of our people who participate in our subreddit. I mean, you might be people, you might be emperor penguins. I mean, we have no judgment. If you submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com, we will thank you in advance. We also have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. All right, let's check in with Chris Christensen, a.k.a. the amateur traveler, who has a little news bit on TripAdvisor's bid to end whale and dolphin captivity. This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler with another Tech in Travel Minute. Many of you go to TripAdvisor to try and figure out whether you should stay in that hotel room or to get suggestions for what to do in a particular city. They are the most popular travel website in the world, and they're trying to use some of that popularity 
for good as they've just taken down tickets on their website that are for parks that keep whales and dolphins in captivity. There's definitely been a push to do a more eco-friendly in experiences with whales and dolphins. And that often means just whale watching or some of the dolphin swimming, doing it in the wild where the dolphin can opt in. It isn't kept in captivity. Well, now TripAdvisor is getting behind that as well. And I know many people, and I think I would be one of them, will take that as a positive step. This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm opt in for uh, whales and dolphins uh, along with people. I'm always for opt in, no matter <laughs> no matter who it is. So uh, uh, that's cool. That's interesting too. That uh, that TripAdvisor is 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 trying to uh, make sure that that that's part of the system. I like that. Absolutely. Shout out to all our patrons at our master and new grandmaster levels. Indeed, indeed. And thank you to Ariel Waldman uh, for uh, coming on. I'm sorry that we got cut off uh, like that. But uh, again, arielwaldman.com, twitter.com slash arielwaldman, youtube.com slash arielwaldman. It's A-R-I-E-L-W-A-L-D-M-A-M. Uh, and I know she wanted to talk about the Science Hack Day. She's the she's kind of the, the general advisor of, of Science Hack Day in San Francisco. Uh, October 19th and 20th, uh, free to attend. As Rachel Metz put it on Twitter earlier today, free babysitting uh, if, you're, if your child is in the right age group. Uh, October 19th, 20th, uh, they have food there. They'll feed you. No experience required. Uh, child care bursaries available even if you want to attend and, and have your, your child taken care of. I guess that's the child care that, that Rachel was talking about. Uh, but you just got to go to uh, Ariel's Twitter and you can find out more details. And she's back right in time. I'm back uh- I am so sorry. I think my internet at home literally cut out, so I am now using the internet on my phone. So hopefully, it'll hold out. We assumed that was just some kind of like severe demonstration of what it's like in Antarctica. <laughs> it's a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. We no, were uh, we were no. just uh, wrapping up, telling people about Science Hack Day, uh, October nineteenth and twentieth uh, in San Francisco. And if, if, what's the easiest way to to register for that if people want to f- do that? sciencehackday2019.eventbrite.com. Excellent. Uh, Or you can go to sf.sciencehackday.org and the registration link is there as well. Ariel, thank you so much uh, for for chatting with us today. It was a fascinating trip that you took. I hope everybody takes some time to, to take a look at the video that you brought back from there. It's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's all on my YouTube channel. And again, I'm sorry that my internet cut out, but uh, but the videos will help tell the story better than I did today. Uh, hey, we're all we're all familiar with video issues. Happens to us all. Uh, we do have new Patreon rewards as well. Become a member of DTNS and get a peek at our show rundown as we develop it. Uh, some behind-the-scenes chats and more. And on November 1st, everybody who is at the $2 level or above gets a PDF copy of the official DTNS Good Day Internet Cookbook with recipes from the show hosts and some listeners as well. Sign up now. Uh, if you're at the dollar level, you're you're benefits don't change, but you don't get the cookbook unless you upgrade to the $2 level at patreon.com slash DTNS. Do you have feedback for us? We'd love to get it. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. If you can join us live, we're live Monday through Friday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern. That's 2030 UTC. And you can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Patrick Beja. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. 
Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.